Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the South Down Collective. This is episode 21. I guess we're legal now. <laughs> Steph here. What's up, everybody? I am Stu. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite local athletes to training, groups, events, and opportunities in the Homa Thibodeau Bayou region. Whether you're dusting off the bike, running shoes, recently joined the gym, or CrossFit, or yoga, or any other sport flavor from beginner to experience, whatever your passion or interest, this is the podcast for all things fitness, and we hope that you'll find it as your weekly one-stop shop to what's happening locally in fitness and in training. This episode is being recorded on Sunday, March 21st, 2021. So Steph, anything exciting happened this past week? Yes, actually. There weren't any organized races, but we did have group run with the Gator Racing Saturday in Thibodeau. So just a huge congratulations to Alan Robertson and Angel Davis, who actually completed their first half marathon. Congratulations. Uh, Yes, huge accomplishment and really cool to have some good friends coming out and pushing them to that new Sorry that I missed it yesterday. Yep. I'll I'll be out there soon. I'm looking forward to go and hang out with all these guys so just check the show notes we'll have all of the things that we did previously discuss but just so that you can easily access the links to those events all right and like we've been doing them for the last few weeks we've been just reading feedback that we actually are getting after the episodes so this week we have some feedback on instagram and facebook so this comment was from brad cortez from Alex Abair's podcast. His comment was, total phenomenal athlete. Learned so much from this episode. And on Facebook, Abby Parody said, Stu, Steph, such a great episode. Alex, you are such a humble and hard worker. And then Don Rich also commented, excellent info on what it takes to perform at a very high level while working full time. Alex Abair finds the time to train and chase goals awesome stuff. Yeah. And like I said, if you guys are posting on Facebook or Instagram, or even if you want to review the podcast on Apple, we'll try to capture that and read it back, give you a shout out. We really appreciate all the great feedback that we've been getting. So Stu, who do we have on the show today? Today we have April Sins. She has 20 years of experience in nutrition and dietetics. So welcome to the show, April. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I've been in nutrition and dietetics uh, since I was just a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Because it is definitely a part of everyone's life, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely I've had 20 years of experience. I love being a dietitian. Super, super fun. Get to meet a lot of great people. Get to teach people about, the. you know, one of my loves is nutrition. How did you get into it? I've always kind of had an inkling that I wanted to get into nutrition since I was a child. I've always been interested, you know, way back when, sort of before a lot of people were really looking at nutrition labels. I'd turn the box on the side and I'd always read, you know, what are all these ingredients? What are, what are the, what's this label? And then as I got a little older, I still had this passion for it, even though I grew up in a household that had, you know, little Debbies and like a whole stack of soft drinks, you know, what kind of Coke or Dr. Pepper you want to drink today, you know, but I always knew that those things were probably something that I should consume maybe in smaller amounts. Right. And so when I got to be a junior in high school and my dad had a massive heart attack and he was only 47 years old and that really played a part in me becoming a dietitian because thankfully he he made it through that heart attack but I saw dietitians coming in I saw everybody talking to him about 
how he should eat, you know, uh, following a lower sodium diet, maybe watching the fried foods, you know, all these things that we typically have a lot of in South Louisiana. And just talking with him about that. And I just saw that all this healthcare team coming together to help him in that way. I really didn't even realize that Nichols had had that program until I got there and I started looking around and then I, I discovered the dietetics program there. What a lot of people don't realize about dietitians is that it's a four-year degree. It's a bachelor's degree of science. It's also a year internship. So mm-hmm. you have to go work for free for a year. Right. <laughs> wow. I did that in Lake Charles and then now it requires a master's degree as oh, well. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's full on, you know, you ha- you have a lot of education ahead of you, a lot of science ahead of you, you know, to be a dietitian, but it's well worth it and it's a lot of fun. Especially when that's something that you already knew that you had an interest for it and then when you had the family event, it just kind of solidified this is what I'm supposed to it do. It really all came together. Yeah, definitely. Especially in our area, I find that food is just so embedded into the culture of everything that we do around here. And I think a lot of people just don't really know. Maybe eating fried catfish every weekend is not the best. Right. It's absolutely true. We do everything around food. We have parties around food. We have weddings around food. We have, I mean, everything is dedicated to, you know, what are we going to eat at that event? That's important. And that is a part of our lifestyle. And as a dietitian, I want to keep that, you know, because that is important to our culture and everything. I think knowledge is key, educating people about, and I don't like to demonize any type of food. So, I mean, there's room for all different types of foods, but I like to think of it as what can we include more of? And then that kind of makes things that we maybe should have less of in a smaller amount if we're eating more of of those better items. So eating more vitamin-rich foods like your fruit and your vegetables If you're eating more of those, eating the good healthy fats rather than more saturated fat, those types of things. And I think keeping that knowledge and keeping that awareness, but I always encourage people to, you know, balance it out. You can still have those things that we love. It's a balancing game with it. I know for myself, when I made the effort to eat more nutrient rich, like fruits and vegetables, like you're talking about, one, I felt better. Like I, I slept yeah. better. I recovered better in my, in my workouts. So I, over time, I realized that even though like every now and then I might crave something that's kind of like on that list of things that you shouldn't have on a regular basis, I actually really didn't want to have it anymore because of how I felt after I ate it. So I feel too, like once people start to learn and to implement those things into their daily life, they're more likely to maybe only have it at the family function if they choose so, but to realize that the everyday choice matters so much more to get the the more nutrient rich things in. And then honestly, like I just felt better. It really does. It really helps. What you were doing probably is like forming a habit too and then you start to become used to those foods and how you felt and you start relating that together that does help also having it conveniently located at home so if you have those things able to grab and go that's what I tell a lot of people is if if it helps you to eat more fruit and vegetables to get it already cut up maybe the fresh cuts then grab that might be a dollar or two more but if it's going to prevent you from buying something and stick it in the back of the refrigerator and then it goes bad anyway (laughs) it's worth getting it right Right. yeah you have to do what makes it easier for you 
So in addition to with a healthy lifestyle, in addition to nutrition, is there anything that like growing up, you obviously had this natural pull to learning more about foods, but were you also involved in sports? Were you physically active at all growing up? So I did take dancing lessons growing up, but I never really considered myself to be an athlete unless you count the year that I was the statistician for the volleyball team at Vanderbilt. (laughs) 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 Which I really did just to hang around with my athletic friends. I never really considered myself an athlete. I just considered myself just a regular person that liked to exercise. I did develop a little bit of a knee problem whenever I was in high school, and I felt that if I did some weight training, maybe that would help to have those muscles around that area be a little bit stronger to help. That's when I started working out with weights as a teenager. And then I've done that on and off throughout my life, having kids and working full-time and things, but it is really a a priority for me in my daily activities just because like you were saying when you ate better you felt better when i exercise i feel better as well it improves you know just like you said sleep improves my mood improves so many things of your daily activities and so i love to do things like working out with weight training weight training is really good for bone health as well that i also like to do i like to switch it up do some yoga i'm not a member of a gym So you don't have to be a member of a gym to be able to work out. You can work out around your neighborhood. I call it fitness walks. My dog holds me accountable for that. (laughs) He (laughs) stares at me till I bring him. (laughs) You know, and so just making sure you you have that as an essential part of your day, just like you take your vitamin a day. It's going to be essential part of your day. Right. So I'm, I just consider myself to be just a regular person that exercises. I work full time, like many people listening. I have two kids. I'm a wife. So stay very busy. So and also with the daylight savings time, it actually helps be able right. to get that get that in. Are your husband or children active as well? Yes. So my husband, right around the time when we had this stay at home order for COVID, he decided that that was his calling to try and get ready for doing some triathlons and things. So he's really gotten into that lately. And then my son, he runs cross country. He did indoor track and then he's also doing outdoor track for Homo Christian. And then my daughter, she does, you know, she does some fitness walks with me and things like that. And that's a good thing, too, is to get your kids involved. Sure. You know, whenever kids see their parents being active, that can be a proponent to having them encourage them to be more active as well. And that's what we want for our kids. We want our kids to to do some activity and to and to live a healthier lifestyle as well. I think it definitely helps whenever they have that example because I mean anyone knows that a parent can tell their kids that they're blue in the face what to do, but the child is more likely to mimic what they see. Just you having that example of moving a little bit every day, regardless of whether or not you consider yourself an athlete, to just have it as part of your daily healthy lifestyle is huge. Yes, absolutely. It really is true. It definitely can help, you know, to encourage them. But like you said, with heredity, you know, that is only just a partial bit of it. So, you know, most of what we do with it is going to make a difference. Right. I have a strong family history of diabetes and heart disease, but that doesn't have to be your future. You have to make sure that you're doing, living a healthy lifestyle, doing some preventative measures to try to mitigate those things as well. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, just because your great-grandfather and your father might have had, you know, developed type 2 diabetes or had heart disease doesn't mean that you have to continue that cycle necessarily. There are things that you can do to break that chain. And I mean, it's true. Whenever you think about like growing up, what are some of the comfy foods that, you know, just make your heart warm? When you think about what your, you know, mom cooked for you or your dad, you know, prepared for you and you think about the family sitting around a meal, that was, you know, a meal of maybe more fried foods or just heavy and saturated fat, but that's what brought happiness to you because you related that to being surrounded by family. And then you continue to do that with your kids. They're going to be more likely to continue that with their kids. And it's not that it's, you know, necessarily bad to have it every now and then, but if that's like the daily, if it becomes what you're eating every day, then that's, I think where you start having the problem. Comfort foods, like you're talking about, you know, people relate to that. And like you said, we can have those comfort foods and have those desserts and, you know, like I always say, like we were talking about before, you know, what's going to be more nutrient dense? This is the way that I relate it to actually uh, just, just at a kid's class too on this too. So it's good to be able to relate this to your kids as well. There are foods that have a lot of vitamins and minerals in it, like our fruits and vegetables. And there's things like cake, not a lot of uh, vitamins and minerals in it, but that's something that we want to have at a birthday party or have, you know, have on special occasions. And so you have to look at it like that as feeding your body more of those nutrient dense things and then having the cake on those special occasions. Same with the comfort foods too. I mean, if that's going to be once a month that the family want, you know, wants to get the fried chicken dinner or whatever it is, then, you know, that's that comfort food meal but it's not about just one meal. It's about your habits and it's about daily living and what are you doing every day and just kind of making that variety, setting that variety in there. So speaking of variety, do fad diets typically make you cringe? No, because you know what? They've always been around. They're always going to be here. True. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. You know? That's a good point. I mean, if you look back, I mean, I, I can remember, you know, just about my whole life hearing a fad diet. What I usually will tell people, what is your goal? What is your short-term goal? And what is your long-term goal? Because a lot of times when you talk about fad diets, it may be just for a short-term thing that somebody's looking for. But if you think about maybe avoiding more of that yo-yo dieting where you, you, know, you lose it and you gain it, you lose it and you gain it, what can you do for the long term that's going to help you stick with it? Actually, diets that are studied to be successful or diets that where you look a year from now and that person, if it's a weight loss diet, and you look a year from now and that person still has that weight loss or did they gain it back? So you have to look at you know, what, what's your personal goal? I know, I remember growing up, my mom would always do this cabbage soup diet, okay? <laughs> People still do that, But yeah. what I've realized now <laughs> is that it's not necessarily just about the cabbage soup, right? Like, what, and, and kind of goes back to your daily choices. So if your house was filled with things that are not good choices for you to have on a regular basis, like you were eating Pop-Tarts for breakfast and fried chicken for lunch and then king cake for dinner, and then you're wondering why, you know, you just don't feel good and you don't want to go exercise, the cabbage soup diet, for, for me, what I started to realize was to break those habits, to get all of that out of the house, 
to just have this break of what is it like two weeks or something crazy that you just eat like cabbage soup and water, but it forces you to change that daily. So for the short term, basically my mom's eating cabbage soup for two weeks, but for the long term, she's breaking that cycle and then gradually adding in healthier options to what the alternative, what sh- alternative to what she was having before. So mm-hmm. I can see where in that case, the fad diet isn't something that you would do long-term, but it may actually help you just get that little jump start to making a daily change to grow from for long-term. It's like a fast. Right. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it does take something a little, you know, more radical to, to shake the daily, the habit. They say, it, what is it, 21 or 28 days to form a habit? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to break that cycle before being able to reintroduce or to get something to stick. See, and that made an impression on you as a child. Oh, yeah, I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, what I do, I guess probably what the biggest thing is, is lots of dietitians that people can go to to help guide them back to getting healthier habits. Because, of course, obesity in South Louisiana is very prevalent. You know, I commend people for wanting to make a change to be able to lose some weight. It can definitely affect their blood sugar levels, their cholesterol levels, blood pressure levels, whenever you drop even just a few pounds. But looking at what's the long-term goal, because sometimes when you, if you cut things out, you know, like if you cut out, like you said, cabbage soup, you're cutting out a lot of nutritious foods. You want to look at what are you cutting out and then how can you replace those nutrients that you're missing? In other words, if you're cutting out meat, then you want to look for, you know, what can you replace that iron with, those things that are in meat, the nutrients in there. If you're cutting out carbs, you know, you're going to miss some nutrients that are in in carbohydrates. And so just kind of looking at what are you cutting out and then how can you replace that in a different way. It's definitely, it's been around for a long time. You know, I even remember working with the Sugar Busters uh, yeah, doctor. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked in New Orleans when I worked at a hospital in New Orleans. And so, I mean, just going back to that and just looking at all of the different fad diets that have been around for a long time. So tell us a little bit more about like your experience and kind of like where you've worked leading up to now. I started off my career to live in New Orleans at uh, Baptist Hospital, Baptist Memorial Hospital in New Orleans as a hospital dietitian. And then I went on to be consultant dietitian in nursing homes. I actually did that for 13 years. It was wonderful. Now, what I learned from that is that I liked meeting a lot of different people because I go to all different places. I liked just kind of incorporating the healthcare and all the wellness and being involved in I was involved in the menu planning and and then into the food and nutrition side of it, but also helping the residents if they were losing weight or if they had a wound, helping them with with that healing aspect as well. From there, I decided that I wanted to help kids learn how to cook. So I opened up a cooking school for kids called Mix It Up. I opened one, one up in Homa, and then I also opened one in Lafayette. And I did that for five years. And that was really, really fun. I think a lot of kids that came through will look back on their experience and, you know, think about how much fun they had learning how to cook. And that's the impression that I really wanted 
to have on the, on the children is that it's fun to be in the kitchen. It's fun to learn to cook. We weren't taking every recipe and turn, you know, taking out all the sugar out of it and taking, you know, taking everything out of the recipe. I wanted them to know what goes into what's in a cookie. You know, <laughs> you know, why can't you eat the whole bucket of cookies? Well, it has, you know, this much butter, this much sugar, you know, and it, you see all the components of it. Oh, that's why mom will, that's why I get a stomach ache if I eat 12 cookies, you know? <laughs> that's really um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's just more of like a knowledge education, but also that comfort level of them feeling good about in the kitchen and also making some good memories, you know, around cooking. The way that I feel is that if you can encourage kids to cook, then that leaves less room for them they'll they'll cook more home so they're not going to eat out and depend on restaurants to cook every meal for them when they get older they'll have those resources in their back pocket to where they can do that at home and then that actually led me to my current job at Rouse's Rouse's just happened to have a an opening just at the right time when I was really looking to venture out and it's the perfect position because it incorporates a lot of things that I, I love. Incorporates that being able to meet new people and traveling and so I get to meet all the customer, you know, lot, lots of customers, interaction, work with a huge team of uh, wonderful people over there and then also be able to incorporate the cooking aspect of it. So I do cooking classes and healthy cooking classes and show, just show people easy, easy, simple recipes on Facebook and on Zoom. We have some Zoom classes and things too. It's a lot of fun. Really, really cool. a lot of fun. Well, I remember Mix It Up. I know my daughter Brooklyn's had at least two or three birthdays over there. Oh yeah. The kids would go home all messy with flour and everything. <laughs> and, you know, whenever <laughs> we always said the messier the apron was, the more fun they had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yesterday, I actually watched one of your videos for Rouse's, and you were talking about making a smoothie and making some salad. And, and to me and my son, who's three years old, almost three years old, we're watching it, and he was identifying apples and bananas and pineapples and all these things. that you, Just very simple recipes, but just yeah. very fun. Like, he was sitting in my lap, and he was pointing at the screen, and it was it was just really good fun. You, you make it... I think sometimes when you think of like recipe videos, you think it to be kind of dry, but you're very enthusiastic about what's going into the recipes. And it's fun, even for a three-year-old, he was really oh, into good. it, so I thought it was good. I love to hear that. And the way that I look at it is, if I'm having fun making it, right. then maybe the viewer is having fun watching, and maybe that'll encourage them to try it as well. The way that I got some a little bit of experience with being behind the camera was out of necessity. Whenever I had my cooking school in Lafayette, the local news called and they said, we think that was really cool what you're doing with, with kids. Would you come on and maybe do some kids' recipes? You could bring kids on. And of course, my daughter was, you know, jumping at going, you know, the chance to go on the news. So we would go on there and it was free advertisement for me. And then they liked what we were doing. And so I kept going on there like every month and then it ended up being like every other week. And it was just it it became kind of fairly often. So that's what I I love, you know, for Rouse's. I'm I'm on HTV. We have a, a little show on there on Tuesday nights and then also do some other local news programs as well. Most of the time I'm making a recipe. I like to engage people by showing them an example of what you can do with this item or or maybe it's a nutrition topic and how can you incorporate this by showing you a recipe on how you can incorporate it. 
And I think that the more that people watch it and they become comfortable, the more likely they are to actually try it in their own kitchen. Yes, and that's what I like to keep it like really simple, easy ingredients. Maybe even sometimes something new that you've never tried before and just encouraging you to walk around the produce section and just try something new. You know, maybe maybe you've always wondered how to use, you know, a particular item, how to how to incorporate kale, you know, into into a recipe and maybe help to give you some ideas to guide you into trying something new. So how do people find out about, I know you mentioned like the Zoom videos and stuff. How do, how do people find out about the different videos that you have available? If you follow Rouse's Facebook page, we always post it as an event. And then also on the rouses.com website as those. And then, like I said, on HTV every Tuesday night during that Bayou time. What time is that? Well, I know Bayou time starts at six o'clock. Okay. Do you have like your own little Rouse's place that you record your videos or do you hop around to different Rouse's? How does that work? Well, pre-COVID, I used to film like inside of the stores. I, I do that. And then I also like for HGV, I go inside of their studio. But I've been doing everything from my kitchen. Okay. Since then, just because just to, you know, not have to wear a mask on TV and, and things, you know, I can do it from my kitchen. And it's actually been pretty fun because of I'm at home in my kitchen. So you can do, you can try this at home at your sure. kitchen. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think that's actually really important when you're, when you're doing a presentation, because a lot of people rely on being able to actually see your lips when they're trying to also listen to you. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure that it actually helps them when you're in the safety of your own home and they're able to watch you from the safety of their home, still be able to actually see and hear you whenever you're speaking. Yes, That's absolutely. Cool. So if there's anyone who is listening who would like to make a conscious change to their current nutrition, what are some key things that you would recommend that they start to do to implement that? So one thing I would do is check your hydration. Make sure you're hydrating. A lot of times whenever we think we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. Just making sure you're hydrating, drinking, you know, and hydrating with water or some kind of flavored water, you know, making sure that water is a priority. And then another thing would be Like I was saying before, what can you add? Can you add another fruit or vegetable? A lot of times what I tell people with snacking is use snacking as a way to get that fruit or vegetable or maybe that nutrient that you're missing. Maybe not eating enough protein. Maybe it's a protein that you might need to get that in between meals. That can also help you later on. It can help to curb your appetite for overeating later as well. So that that would be the second one. And the third one is give yourself some grace. Make sure you're not too hard on yourself. You know, if you eat something or you overeat on something that you probably, maybe you wanted to eat less of it and you accidentally ate a little bit too much of it, don't be too hard on yourself. You always have a new start the next meal, the next snack. And also just keeping a healthy relationship with food. Don't beat yourself up over food and nutrition. It's something that, like you said before, it's part of our culture. It's part of our being. It's part of how we grew up. So just looking for ways that you can find some healthy alternatives to add to your diet 
and just always remember you always have a fresh start at the next meal. And if anyone wanted to or had a specific question or wanted to reach out to you, is there a way for people to actually be able to contact you directly with questions? And if so, how? Sure. You can contact me on my email. It's april.sins at rouses.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at dietitian April Sins. And we'll have those links in the show notes as well. The South Down Collective is supported and sponsored by Dr. Steve Morgan and Hobeman Family Dental. We remain grateful for everything you do for this podcast and community, so thank you. And thanks for the continued feedback. We love, love reading the comments and reviews, so keep it coming. And we might just feature some on the podcast in our intro. So be sure to like, comment, share on whatever media you use. We are very proud of our local fitness community and want to continue to support all of you. This podcast is a collective interest for everyone everyone in our fitness community. And yeah, that means you. Yeah, you should share or recommend the South Down Collective to a friend. Like, why not? You might just be the one person that can help someone begin a positive path and a healthier lifestyle. I like to say it isn't a hobby. It's my lifestyle. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Just search for the South Down Collective. We post new episodes every Wednesday to all podcast platforms and share links on social media. We have over 20 episodes of great interviews, so please go back and learn something new about people you probably already know or may have heard about. Next week, we'll be joined by Janie Bear and Kaylee Cole from The Bar Room. We'll learn about Booty Bar and their fitness studio in Lockport. And beyond next week, we have future episodes planned with Kim Show, physical therapist at Genesis, and runner CrossFit athlete Khan Labat. So until next week, keep running, keep cycling, or whatever your passion. Train hard, stay safe, and in good health. And tell a friend about the South Down Collective. Until next time. Happy healthy eating. See See ya. ya.